evening. Let's start with a motivation. In the Paris Climate Agreement in 2016 in France, most states have agreed upon to put effort into um, to keep a global warming below 1.5 Celsius degrees, that's uh, 2.7 um, degree Fahrenheit. This would entail rapid greenhouse gas emission reduction worldwide till about mid of this century. Scientists think that we can manage this technically, but there seems to be political hindrances. In Paris, the states made commitments to how much each individual state will reduce its emission. But this is not enough to keep global warming even below 2 degrees Celsius, that means 3.6 Fahrenheit. With these commitments, we rather end up with an increase of 3 degrees um, Celsius. If this happens, some parts of our climate system that could collapse, collapse what would bring drastic changes that are irreversible. For example, the ice shields in the Antarctic and Greenland will become thinner and thinner. As a result, the air warms up further and more ice melts. And this will result in a global raise of the ocean of about 7 meters. This will bring dramatic effects on the existence of many big cities located close to the oceans. And if we don't do anything at all, means if we don't even keep up to our commitments we made in 2016, or even if we leave the Paris Climate Agreement, like the US did, we will have an increase of temperature by the end of this century of around 4 degrees Celsius. This will end up in a complete different environment we can't even imagine now. Now we could worry and fear a lot, even panic, but what does it do us good? Does panic will help us any further? If the house is on fire and you want to save some people who are still in the house, what do you need most? Clarity, compassion, fearlessness, courage, just to mention some. Panic can even make us freeze. We are too afraid to do anything. So this review tonight on the chapter on mind and emotion will remind us how to transform our emotions into constructive emotions and so to become able to act in ways that benefit others. We have now this precious human life and through the transformation of our emotions we will transform our actions and that will transform the world we live in. As we are heading towards more difficult life conditions, we should make even more efforts to transform our mind, to develop the qualities we need to benefit others, and so to be able to quickly put ourselves into action for the benefit of all sentient beings wherever whenever and however they are in need. After having developed some familiarity with the Buddhist worldview uh, of life in chapter 2, we have entered the chapter of mind and emotions. We looked at, for example, what are emotions, um, which ones are constructive or not, and how to cultivate love and compassion. So now we are working with specific mental states and situations that are troublesome for us, such as fear, depression, acceptance, comparing ourselves with others, uh, disagreement and conflict. The section starts on page 63, if you want to follow a bit along, because I will quote some things that the Sulina the Dalai Lama is stating. 
So as Ulina Dalai is teaching us in this section how to train our minds to address these mental states in an effective way. First, we will start with working with fear, developing courage. Venom um, Shutram pointed out that actually a better word for fear would be caution, concern, or danger. Nevertheless, she sticks with fear um, in this context, uh, or his holiness, actually. Um, there are two kinds of fears. What kind of fear um, are we talking about? Wisdom fear and panic fear, right? So wisdom fear stems um, rather from reason and is healthy. That fear protects us, for example, it's reasonable to have some fear when we merge onto a highway. So actually, this I found quite helpful because I really don't like merging into a very <laughs> speedy highway, <laughs> uh, especially when there are some cars that don't let you in. So I have a really uh, annoyance towards that. But um, now, seeing that this is actually some wisdom fear, it's not something like I really have to be worried about that um, maybe even make a conclusion, oh, I will not drive anymore, or avoid highways at all. <laughs> so I can continue driving, keep my heart and mind open, and maybe even uh, have an understanding and see that actually others may have empathy and let me in. So I will feel a sense of connection. His Holiness states, similarly, when we correctly analyze the causes of cyclic existence, we have a wise fear, and that makes us conscientious about our moods and actions. This wisdom-based fear is important in daily life and on the path. So I wondered how many of us have more fear merging onto a highway or uh, fear about the causes we create for further suffering in cyclic existence. Manoma <laughs> um, Schutten commented that it's very important in our daily life to be aware of this potential danger, especially in our spiritual practice, to be aware of the defects of cyclic existence. He said, if you are more aware, uh, we don't want to continue creating the causes um, for rebirth in samsara, but instead putting our energy into getting out of it. She really emphasized that unless we have the awareness um, of the causes and conditions of samsara in our everyday spiritual practice, we will um, not make effort to get out of it. As long as we think samsara is a great place, we don't want to get out. And this uh, reminded me of a talk when Pema Schütren gave in Hamburg uh, many years ago. She shared a dream she had, and I would like to read it to you, because it's um, actually quite insightful and wise. I dreamt that I was in a huge, fast prison, and this prison was all-encompassing. It was absolutely huge. It was on many, many different levels. In the upper penthouse suits, people were having parties and laughing and joking, having a good time. As you went down in various rooms, people were working, people were fighting, people were laughing, sleeping, eating, doing all these things that we do. Until you got down into the cellars where people were lying in the dark, in despair, being tortured, totally distraught. She continues, So I thought, whether we are up or whether we are down, we are all trapped in this prison. It is very insecure. Because those who are up can be sent down. Those who are down can be brought up. We don't know where we are going to be placed. So I went, she said, I went around saying to people, Look, this is a prison. We have to get out. Most people said, well, yes, it's a prison, but it's not too bad. And you know, really, trying to get out is very difficult. Nobody ever gets out. It's just a lot of energy for nothing. And it is okay here. I tried to urge people to realize how extremely insecure it was being in a prison. Because one never knew where one was going to be sent in this prison. But in the whole people, in the in the whole, people liked the idea, but were not willing to put any effort into leaving. 
Eventually, she continues, I found two or three friends who said, okay, if you try to leave, we will go with you. Running through the prison there was a kind of canal. There were kind of a flat boats on the side, and there were guards standing on the shore. But they didn't do nothing. So we climbed into one of these flat-bottomed ferries, and the tide took us down and through the prison. Then there was a path which led parallel to the front of the prison building. We started running along this path. So I was running and running and running. On my left, I could see all these lighted windows of the prison. People laughing, people crying, people fighting. And I was running, running, running. But the prison never ended. So I became very tired, exhausted, running and running and getting nowhere. And I thought, yes, it's really true. This prison house is samsara, of samsara's endless. So I thought, what is the use? At least if you are inside samsara, you can be comfortable. Here, running along this road endlessly, it's just so tiring. It doesn't get you anywhere. So what's the point? She continues, so I thought, all right, I give up and we'll go back again. But then I thought, no way. I have my friends who are running behind me. They are only running because I'm running. If I go back, they also go back. Therefore, for their sake, I must keep running. And as soon, she said, as I stopped just thinking about myself, trying to get out and realized, I was trying to get out to help my friends get out. Then the prison came to an end. Another wisdom fear we should have is about the environment, as I started off in the motivation. The climate crisis we are facing now is quite urgent. And um, because if we don't do anything, um, more harm to the planet and to sentient beings will come about. Our wise fear will help us to think about the situation we are in. We will have the clarity to set a good motivation and act from it. Then there's this panicky fear, or panic fear. Panic fear has the opposite effect. Um, when we panic, we are worried, apprehensive, nervous about something. Under such conditions, we are not thinking very clearly. Uh, we are somewhat disturbed. Now, Greta Thunberg, um, this young lady, um, girl, woman <laughs> from Sweden, um, she often says, our planet is on fire. And uh, she wants us to panic, right? Um, I don't think uh, panic is here the right word to use um, because uh, it may help us to get some attention, but we need uh, clarity, we need wisdom fear uh, to take action. So I thought that we actually use this point uh, for a short group discussion. So this whole review will be a little bit more interactive. I had no intention to give a talk or even, uh, repeat what Wilma Schöter and his holiness are saying. And in this group discussion, we will uh, look into panic fear. Wilma uh, Schöter actually gave us this advice during the teachings to have a discussion about that. And I can't remember that we ever did that. So we will use this opportunity now. I suggest um, we just turn around the whiteboard and if the camera is working, we can focus on the camera and maybe four of us come together and discuss the three um, questions together, uh, one person at a time. For those who are here the first time, so we will have four people sitting in a circle here in this room. And one person will go through all the questions. Um, nobody will interrupt. And then um, the next person goes. So um, you finish, uh, all four of you finish answering this question. And then actually we will come together as a group and um, maybe uh, one or two of you will share what they came up with. Yeah. If you can find yourself the right partners and um, I will ring the gong when we finish. 
Oh, actually, I have some paper for those who need papers. <laughs> oh, yeah, for the video. So think back about a recent or older occasion, situation, where you have been panicky, very worried about something. Second question, describe the situation, your thoughts, your feelings, and the effects that had on you and your environment. And the third question, and look at the same situation with an intellectual reasoning mind. What do you discover? Thank you so much for participating. Is there somebody who would like um, to share their experience and what they came up with? <laughs> Do you like to share with us? There's a microphone behind you. Thank you. <laughs> you have to push the button there. Mm -hmm. um, hello, variables. Uh, I would like to share my uh, story about the peace uh, three years ago. Yeah. Three years ago, um, a lot of bees in the kitchen. When I uh, clean up the kitchen, so I don't know uh, the the whole bees, the bees hole in the kitchen. So I told them, and after that, them um, beat me over the head, and I'm very very angry, and I hate the bees. So after that, when the bees see me, they beat me again, and a lot. Mm -hmm. So uh, last year, about that, met again. And uh, after that, I think I need change my uh, my mind and my heart. I I change. Uh, I think uh, the bees look like my best friends. Uh -huh. And I love them, <laughs> and I thanks for them give me honey, mm. and make flower blooms and uh, have juice. Mm -hmm. So after that, when the bees uh, look me, they only f fly around around me, and don't beat me again. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Is there anybody who would like to share too? All right, we can continue. Um, yeah, um, but basically uh, the result of um, this reflection is that uh, most of um, the pain we experience mentally and um, it's self-inflicted. So um, There are... Uh, for sure, you mentioned already one antidote um, to this kind of panic fear is to reflect upon the kindness of others. Um, and uh, that's also what His Holiness is uh, recommending. Uh, he also said, he thought, uh, when we feel um, fearful or also insecure and lonely, we can meditate on the kindness of others, what Ramatok did. We have received from others so that a sense of connection and gratitude arises in our hearts. We now we have support. If we are skeptical, skeptical and suspicious of someone, it is helpful to consider him or her as another human being, just like us. In that way, our attitude will be more receptive and we will be able to access the situation with greater clarity and wisdom. So, um, there, uh, this is a, a form, as I understood. It's not in the book, but when Moshutan was speaking about despondent fear, what's the subcategory of um, the panic fear, where you kind of... Um, um, you you don't do anything. It demobilizes you. For example, when Mushutrin was mentioning, um, I think it was last year when the climate report got published, and um, you could think, oh, this is so catastrophic. There's no way we can do anything. The whole world is going to an end. And um, then you just reply with, yeah, nothing to do. Salavi, 
you know, I go shopping. And um, what do you think was the antidote to this kind of um, fear? Hope. Hope is good. Mm -hmm. Fortitude. There's something very special that um, I found interesting. Um, to counteract it, um, she said, we have to uh, maintain compassion, keep our heart open. So no matter what um, others mm, do, say, think, um, we remain earnest. This was reminded, reminding me about Greta Thunberg again. Sorry, she's just the star <laughs> right now <laughs> in my mind. Um, so she, when she was 15, she started to um, strike every Friday, actually in the beginning, very beginning, every school day in front of the Swedish parliament, uh, having created a little pamphlet, a flyer with information about what's happening when Sweden uh, and other countries don't keep up to their commitment they made in 2016 in Paris. And um, the politicians just walked by in the first months, just walking by. Then she got more media um, uh, coverage, right? And so the politicians um, <laughs> started to talk with her and saying hello, yeah. And she knew it's because of the media. That was um, pretty sad. But, you know, um, even so, I was imagining myself sitting in front, outside in front of a parliament, winter, you know, snow, rain, cold, or even when it's getting hot, very hot, sitting there and people just ignoring you. Uh, so that she still continued sitting there and having her heart open, having this compassion for all sentient beings who may suffer if nothing will be done, right? Um, or nowadays also she faces a lot of criticism, especially via social media, unfortunately. But a condition within her allows her not to be affected by that. She just doesn't, she plans it out totally and she continues her work focusing on on the good she is doing, focusing on what what really matters and the facts, basically. Um, but with this open heart, right? Because the purpose of all of that is she wants that that humans as well as uh, all sentient beings have good conditions to continue to strive on this planet. Yeah. Um, and I think this kind of action is just an example. It takes a lot of courage. What leads us to um, the next section of that chapter, courage. As uh, Rune says, courage comes from how we regard situations. So um, courage allows us to face our difficulties of life and the powerful emotion that uh, sometimes arise within us. Courage allows us to tolerate distress and discomfort when we are faced with difficulties. It's an act of compassion towards ourselves, not to give up, but to learn from the situations. For example, when we hear the descriptions of some of the scientists, um, how our sorry, environment will develop, if we basically continue as we have, it looks pretty grim. But looking at it from another perspective, um, such as like in 2016 when all the states came together and made this agreement, it looked pretty good and powerful. So, but um, as we know, the action is still missing um, to a big deal. And um, uh, what may um, end up in more global warming. So, but now we can look at the same situation um, from the perspective of um, scientists and developers who had um, developed more and more te technical um, possibilities to uh, prevent global warming. And so this keeps us a little bit more optimistic. For example, the EU minister at the last panel I was uh, on uh, interfaith on uh, Earth stewardship, he was very much on um, focusing on the positive effects of um, technical development in our world and basically ended up saying there's no need to have any fear or panic. Yeah. Mm. Also, uh, we can look at the situation um, from the perspective that now we are seeing more and more people being aware of what's actually going on. It's also a good uh, thing to recognize. So what are um, 
some perspectives from the uh, Buddhist point of view um, to develop courage. We have Buddha nature, right? Mm -hmm. Compassion, thinking about others. I can repeat if it's short. Yeah, precious human life. Mm -hmm. Developing loving kindness towards yourself. Yeah, developing loving kindness towards yourself. It's good. And others. Mm -hmm. um, trying to see if we're exaggerating the situation or not. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, and also trying to think about whether or not panic is actually helpful or not. Yeah. Also cultivating a long-term view that's farther than this life only. Yeah. And uh, reflecting again on the um, infallibility of dependent arising and the effect of any positive change also weighs in in the, in the whole scheme of things mm -hmm. and contributes to the conditions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. His Holiness also mentioned to reflect upon the life stories of the masters and the awakening activities of the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. And Venomal Shutan was um, concluding that if we think about these practices and practice them, then this is a way to keep our mind happy and stable. So in addition to courage, we need confidence. Um, to develop this, as Hulina says, that um, uh, he keeps a basic belief in, in the mind. Human nature is gentle and compassionate. He continues, all beings have the potential to become wise, altruistic Buddhas. Reflecting on this gives me inner strength and determination. A compassionate motivation and a clear beneficial goal gives me self-confidence and destroys doubts. In other words, confidence arises not from being successful in our projects, but from engaging in them with a wise and kind motivation. So I, um, Venomous Shutan and the book itself is not um, much elaborating on some of these um, mental states. So I will go, so some of them rather short and some longer. Then we are going to the next section about hope, desire, and acceptance. So I will more refer here to the section of hope. Um, His Holiness is uh, not speaking about hope that we have uh, in regard to our personal samsaric experiences, um, but rather looking at the long-term uh, results. Uh, so, and that is basically uh, wishing others to have happiness and um, not suffer. And that hope invigorates us. And Venom Shutran emphasizes that uh, we need in our inner experience to be able to spot when um, these different hopes arise. Reading, knowing about them is not going to help us. We have to be able to find them in our minds, she says. So first, invigorate, invigorating hope um, that motivates us to practice the Dharma and to engage in virtuous deeds, uh, projects that directly benefit others. And we should be firm, we should know how to enrich this kind of hope. And there's the samsaric hope, hoping uh, or becoming distracted um, from our spiritual concerns and entrenched in attachment. And we should know how to subdue that. And we can also apply these two hopes uh, in regard to the environmental crisis. And uh, what kind of hope are we having? It's a good question to ask ourselves. Do we just think about what we will lose in this life, such as comfort, money, personal space, beautiful sights um, due to global warming? Or does the situation instill hope in us to practice the Dharma more diligently so that we can others, uh, benefit others directly? And the Hisulinas points out that the worst hope is actually, uh, the worst <laughs> is actually to lose hope at all. Uh, he says, losing hope and sinking into a defeatist attitude are the real causes for failure. He uh, often states, um, hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. A 
Actually, when my children said it would be really good um, to create a little booklet um, with um, these mental states and the antidotes to it, to have them ready. <laughs> I did not have the time, but maybe one of you. <laughs> then we go to the next section, comparing ourselves with others and self-worth. Uh, we are on page 66, if you want to look it up later or follow along. Um, Hesulina says, although all sentient beings are equal in wanting happiness and not wanting suffering, each of us has different talents and weaknesses. We can acknowledge that others are better than us in terms of education, health, physical appearance, social standing, wealth, and so on. But that need not to lead, uh, lead not, need not lead to jealousy. It's simply acknowledgement of what is. And I would like to invite us now to a short medita uh, meditation on that. Just come back to your breath for some moments. Bring to mind a situation where you felt or still feel jealous, jealous towards another person. Recall what exactly you were or still are jealous of. And now recall what have been or are your actions to diminish the other's, other person's happiness. And how did you feel about yourself?
The antidote to jealousy is rejoicing in the happiness, talents, fortunes, good qualities of others. Spend some moments to bring to mind one or more good qualities of the person you have been or are still jealous of. And then feel some sense of delight in the quality or qualities itself. And now recognize what good this person brings into the world with this quality. Does her or his quality bring some joy into this world? Just a short reflection, um, good to do regularly. <laughs> um, if we are able 
to rejoice um, we will not be just uh, more often in a better mood and as Venom Shudan said if you really practice rejoicing um, there's no space for complaining uh, we can uh, we then create merit positive potential uh, what is necessary to progress along the path I'd say that rejoicing in others good qualities is the easy way to create merit right Then we go into the section counteracting depression on page 67. His Holiness says, the psychologists I have spoken with tell me that in large part, depression is due to lack of affection, love and compassion in the family and community. I wondered, um, what do you think, why is this so? Maybe the psychologist in our group can speak up too. <laughs> I have to think that, you know, His Holiness says that the human, human family is fundamentally good and kind. Mm. And so if you come up into the world having that as a potential in your own mind, but there's nothing in your environment to reassure you or help you nourish and grow that mm. without sort of having that foundation, unless you bring in some pretty strong imprints of your own. It does, you do grow up with a little bit of lack of self-confidence. You grow up with not quite sure what your value is in the world because there was no love and reinforcement early on. At mm. least that's my sense. Yeah. Some people can get through that, but a lot of people miss out on that. Sounds clear. What do you think, Vanu Jigma? Yeah? Yeah? Actually, related to what Venerable Semke just said, it just, if we don't know these things, then we have a negative view of the world. Mm -hmm. And that's not going to produce a happy mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, sounds reasonable. Um, uh, this is not referring to clinical depression here. Um, so Russell calls in living with an open heart, um, says people suffering from depression have very powerful internal self cry critics. They spend a lot of time attacking themselves with their thoughts. I'm disgusting. I'm unworthy of love. I'm hopeless and I can't do nothing right. These folks, um, say cruel things to themselves. Yeah, um, then there are some um, Buddhist methods to counteract depression. And I wonder if you remember, or if you're very clear about it anyway, um, what these are. A hint, um, there are three main ones. <laughs> okay, Vamushuni says compassion. Remembering our Buddha nature, definitely. His Holiness says to that part, I want to um, read that, it's quite good. On the most basic level of having a mind, no difference exists between the Buddha and us. Each person has a natural Buddha nature, um, the emptiness of inherent existence of the mind, as well as the evolving Buddha nature, those factors that can be increased and whose continuity will continue to awakening. Thus, everyone has the potential to become fully awakened. Another method to counteract depression? Caring for somebody else, yes. Looking at the nature of samsara. Right, looking at the nature of samsara. So, yeah, we covered it. Very good, thank you. Um, we continue <laughs> with the next section, disagreement and conflict. Um, we can have differences in views and opinions, and that can lead to positive um, results and uh, can be a source of progress. His Holiness states, when we are attached to our dears, possessions, and status, these disagreements may lead even to violence or oppression. For this reason, it's important to remember that we are all part of human community. We need each other. We depend on each other. 
So um, we can't survive, live without others. And um, think about how much we receive in our life just to survive. And Manuel Nima gave a very wonderful BBC today on the kindness of others. Just um, thinking about, uh, you know, tracking back uh, how we learned housing or how we learned to take medicine or make medicine or clothing or um, all, these of, all these things. Instead of thinking we are separate, independent, unrelated beings, um, we have to come to see that um, we are part of something bigger. And I was very inspired when we had, I think it was last year, not sure, uh, the Whitworth students here who came for volunteering, about maybe how many, 40 young people came. And um, the intention was, it's a Christian community, Christian college, the intention was to uh, be engaged in the community of Spokane because they were aware that so much of what they are uh, able to do at the college is due to the kindness of the communities in Spokane and, uh, uh, and the surrounding. So they came up and helped us in the forest and um, yeah, asked questions how we live our life here and practice our religion. And I found that pretty open-minded and a uh, new way of educating uh, yourself or being educated. Um, and that will um, bring us, uh, yeah, that will bring us to an understanding how much we depend on, an, on each other and um, that we are one human community. Um, His Holiness Continuous. There's another way um, to create the sense of connection with each other. Expressing our gratitude to our colleagues, family members, friends, associates, or others in the group, telling them how much we appreciate their kind actions and reasonable behavior is good to do as well. So often people express their feelings and thoughts only when they are unhappy. This is good, uh, a good opportunity to train ourselves in cultivating and expressing appreciation for others. Praising others for their good qualities gladdens their mind, further strengthens the harmony in the group, and makes us feel good as well. Guess what, what we are doing now? <laughs> in living with an open heart, there is a reflection, and we will apply it with each other right now to do some kind of... Uh, Similar to shining the light in the Vietnamese tradition, according to Thich Nhat Hanh, um, but we do it here how Van Schutten and uh, Russell Coles uh, worked it out. So um, you turn to your next neighbor, and uh, those who are online, you can think about it. Uh, think about your boss or family member and friends, parents, and... Um, Express to the other person one or more things that helped you and uh, uh, yeah, helped you and why. Um, state what they did, how you felt, and the benefit you received from their action. And then trade roles. So, um, and notice in yourself the positive effect that uh, your words have on them. And notice your feelings of pleasure when you bring happiness to others. Is this exercise clear to everybody? Okay. Just turn around and spend some minutes. I will ring the bell. How was it? Very nice, easy. Uplifting, connecting. Mm. Let's do it more often. <laughs> Doesn't take long. Yeah, and this will lead us um, towards the end of this chapter. And it's about the survival of the most cooperative, uh, not the most fittest. His Holiness says, when we cultivate care and concern for others coupled with wisdom, that can clearly analyze situations we are more peaceful inside and our actions to benefit others are more effective. If we human beings adhere to the self-preoccupied philosophy of survival of the fittest, it may result in the survival of no one. 
having the attitude of survival of the most cooperative brings more individual well-being as well as the survival of our species. And I think a lot about it in the context of the environmental uh, situations uh, we are in. Uh, so I think, especially now, we need to be very cooperative. And we don't, um, if we don't manage it now, um, many of us um, may face um, a, very, uh, a lot of difficulties at the end of their life. And um, not to even think about the future, maybe future lives, future generations, if you see it like that. Um, and the conditions may not be the same for us Dharma practitioners here on this planet to practice the Dharma like we are facing it right now. So um, these teachings, therefore, I think, relate very much um, to our everyday life situations. And um, we don't need to separate. There's environmental action and there's dharma practice. It has to come together. And um, uh, applying these practices that we went through rather briefly, and um, that will provide us with the conducive circumstances um, to continue on the path and to ultimately uh, attain nirvana, Buddhahood. So in that sense, may we um, practice well, may we go back to the teachings uh, of Asulina Siddhala Lama and apply um, the meditations that are, um, the reflections that are given in this book and um, this little practice we have done here, such as discussion and um, shining the light on others, uh, showing gratitude towards these others, praising each other in a good way, um, to connect with each other and to understand each other. And so to have more energy, um, more positivity of mind to um, really practice the Dharma well. Thank you for um, participating in this um, short review. And yeah, here we are. Thank you.